Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Millwall fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter, at Lions Food Hub. DM them, you can DM me at Actong Millwall, and I'll pass on any help and information that we can. Lions Food Hub, at Lions Food Hub. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from beautiful South Germany. Except no substitutes. Hello listeners, welcome back. It has been a while. You are listening to Actung Lionesses. I'm your host, Ryan Loftus, and with me as always, he's been on sabbatical, but he's back now. Michael Avery, how are you doing? I'm very well. I'm back in from the wilderness and slowly returning to normal life as restrictions lift. I'm back yeah. from the beer garden where I've been lost for a few days. <laughs> you have rushed back through the East London traffic that, you know, the dedication to this podcast, you, you get the call up in the morning and, and everything else stops around it. And speaking of people who put things on the back burner for this, we have got Millwall Lioness's manager and assistant, Katie Whitmore and Alex Russell joining us. How are you both doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, decent, thank you. Decent, Wonderful. It'll be good to have you on and catch up. Obviously, been a little while since we've had a Lioness episode and it'll be good to see where the team is at, what's been going on. I'm sure many listeners might have seen on Twitter and, and things like that what's been happening lately. But obviously, a series of friendlies over the last month and, and a series of friendlies to come. Be good, um, maybe Katie, just run through quickly for the listeners what, what's been happening over the last month since since the girls have been able to return to, to playing some football. Yeah, so obviously it's been a tough season anyway in the sense of being stop-start, then having to break the news to the girls the season was not and void, um, especially for those that were retained from last year because that's happened for them twice now. Um, so, you know, we've been doing a lot of work in the sense of making sure they stay motivated um, staying wanting to get involved with the lionesses um, so then they're obviously the backroom staff have put on um, a range of friendly fixtures for us um, starting obviously with we had Hackney lionesses and Upton Park um, and then went on to play Kent Football United and then Billericay Reserves so you know we've had a mixture of friendlies um, which I think the girls have enjoyed it's been an opportunity for me and Alex to uh, introduce trialists 
and also to kind of change things around, um, be creative with new ideas that we've had that we kind of want to test now before we start that next season. No, that's good stuff, Katie. And um, how you say about those tests of um, uh, the test across the different um, different teams, if you will, uh, we we decided to our first two games um, was to be against Hackney Lionesses and Upton Park Ladies. Now, for those listeners who aren't entirely aware of these sides, they're, they're relatively new sides in the women's game, um, only really established over sort of the last year, 18 months, haven't they? Um, they've done very well to get as big as they are already. Uh, they're playing at tier nine level. So um, I'll ask you first, Katie, but then Alex, because you um, you had quite a good complimentary thing to say about the management. But what was the thinking with organising these two friendlies in particular against these sides? Was it to sort of help give them some exposure or just to... Uh, just to see how your girls would go against the against the sides that you know that that no one knows of and no one knows what their potential is. Yeah, I think it's always good for players to go into a game playing an opposition that they don't really know anything about or not really had much of a history with um, before. Um, you know, it was a good opportunity for us to obviously change things around. I think um, the the results, obviously, with with us winning, have kind of helped us in the sense of the psychological aspect of the game, with the girls' mentality um, as a squad and for us with the formation that we're trying to play, um, I think it helped. I think it's also good to obviously create those um, relationships and have that rapport with fellow coaches in the female game and with female uh, players who are obviously starting out their journey or squads that are starting out their journey. Um, so I think it's always good to keep that connection there and keep that rapport there because, you know, later on in later on down the line, it'll be good to have friendlies again, see how both squads have changed and um, see what will happen next time. And Alex, um, as we were saying, what was what, what did you think of the, of the friendlies? And and like just touching on what Kate was saying there, we, we got two clean sheets and there was there was lots of goals. Was, was you as, as a management side happy with these performances or... Or considering where these teams were in the pyramid, what could you really take from these games? Yeah, I mean, definitely happy with the performances. Um, you know, friendlies or not, they were potential banana skins playing a side or two sides lower on paper. Um, I think, as you said in, in a previous article, I mentioned the good work that, that Jamie and Dan are doing respectively at Hackney and, and Upton. But, you know, going up against an Upton side, for example, um, I don't know how publicly known it is, but I think they play at the West Ham Foundation ground. So it's like a mill West Ham. Sure, you all and Katie will agree it was it was a fiery atmosphere. Um, it got a side out of our girls that I've never seen before. Um, it got a side out of Katie that I've never seen before as well. So I think it's it's a good test, and and we learned a lot from the two games. And and like I said, I, I think they were just professional. I think I don't care how many we scored. If we win to nil, I'm happy. Yeah, I think you know touching on that with what Alex said about that score, we, me and Alex have made it very clear to the girls during these friendlies that have been organised, look, every manager wants to, to win games, but ultimately, we if we lose games, but the girls have performed how we know they can perform or what we're trying to achieve is working, but we just need to do a little bit more background work on it, then we would both as managers be very happy, you know, even if the result didn't go in our favour because the girls have shown up and they've put a performance in and they're open to trying new things, which is what we're trying to achieve. So, you know, yes, the results for those two games have been fantastic for us. 
I think also, you know, when we do talk about the other two games, it's as long as the girls have shown up and, you know, like Alex said, has put the work in and put a shift in, then we're happy. Yeah, and you mentioned, obviously, that you're looking to try new things and there's a test. Obviously, it's been a while since the girls have not just played, but I guess been together on a training pitch and been able to actually play some football like everyone, not, not had access or not been allowed to be out and playing football. How has it been, the atmosphere returning to the pitch? How's it been from... You know, your side as management, being able to get out there on training and, and how have the girls found it coming back together and actually playing games? Yeah, I mean, it, it just adds a bit of normality to certainly my life, um, you know, being out on the grass three or the seven days a week. Uh, but also just giving you something to do planning-wise, you know, being indoors, having something to look forward to. The girls, I know that a lot of them get along outside of football, so not being able to meet up and then being able to see each other at training twice a week and on a match day must have been so sort of rewarding and refreshing for you know, being through that, that lo- most recent lockdown anyway. Um, but yeah, those first two friendlies, I think they certainly demonstrated how much it meant to them being back in each other's presence and, and they put a shift in for, for each other as well as ourselves. And Katie, for the obviously as manager, any any kind of tactical tweaks that you've been running through these games? Obviously played majority last season with the, the back three and the, the midfield there. I know there's changes up at the top of the pitch trying to find the right system, but anything that you've, potentially pulled out of the out of the woodwork during lockdown that you've uh, had been scratching your head over? Yeah, I mean, moving forward, obviously, just before lockdown, the last lockdown, we did go into a different formation of playing that 5-2-3, uh, trying to mirror, obviously, the men's first team to a certain extent. But I think we didn't really get the opportunity to really give it a push. We only had, I think, two games playing that formation, um, both very different results. So we weren't really able to kind of stay stay with it. So it's been very clear that, you know, coming back in now, that is the formation that we're looking to play to some extent. And with any formation, your squad have to buy into that formation. They have to believe in the formation for it to work, not necessarily just how they play. And um, that, that's been our main focus really, is making sure the girls understand that, you know, this is what we expect from you. Um, and this is your roles as individuals and within your units. We've done quite a lot of giving, giving units challenges on a Sunday. Um, and that's what we focus our team talk on is how, how well have we achieved those challenges within our units, um, not necessarily just the result. So we had the first two games. And then when you go into the third game, so that was a, a Kemp Football United. Now, that, was, that wasn't just a test against a team who's at a higher level. That was, that was something that was in a way, quite alien to some of our girls because um, not many of them have played sort of midweek football or evening football. Um, and also, they've, they've due to our pitch, there's not many who have played on that sort of grass pitch or, or, or a non-4G, 3G service. Focusing on that game, there was there was quite a lot of buzz around in camp, wasn't there? Obviously, playing against the team at that level. They was obviously up for the game. We was up for the game. Um, how do you think going into that fixture... Um, how do you think the girls responded to playing against the team? You, you mentioned when we spoke after the game, Katie, um, in your analysis, that you think that the girls, um, in a way, got overawed by the occasion, didn't they? That they they gave Kent probably a bit too much time on the board, a bit too much respect. Do you still now, after a couple of weeks, look back and think that was the case? Because I don't think there was a huge difference between the teams on actual ability. No, I don't think there was a huge difference in ability. You know, at half time you're losing one nil. I think what our problem was, like I said at the end of the game, was that we 
we respected that team a little bit too much. So we allowed them to play the ball around. You know, we stood off them a little bit. In all honesty, what I think we lacked on the pitch was experience. Not, not necessarily experiences in footballing experience, but just a little bit of maturity as a squad. Um, you know, we've got a very young squad as it is. And I think we lacked, we lacked it on, on that Wednesday night. You know, you've got Sean and, and Libby, both captain and vice captain, out for that fixture. There are already two players that do make an impact to the game vocally, I, I feel. Um, and I think that is what we were lacking slightly. Um, it's not taking it away from how well the girls did. I think to come away losing 2-0, I'm a proud manager for them for, for achieving that. You know, like we say, the, the level that Kent Football United play, we did very well. We did turn up and we did put a shift in, you know, and we, we have got to remember we did just lose 2-0. We didn't get an absolute loss out of that. However, there were it did show quite a lot for me as manager, and I think Alex, Alex may agree, in the sense of um, how young of a squad we do have. Yeah, and and you're right, and I think that did show because uh, you you had some of some of old the old Millwall players um, who now play for Kent. So, example being sort of Poppy Payne was there, and and Beth Powell and and Grace Taylor. She wasn't in the in the starting eleven or squad, but she's a player who's at Kent. But just with the example of of with the Kent side, do you not necessarily look at those that team specifically, but do you eventually after these fixtures when we can resume league football? Is that the sort of model that we as the Lionesses want? Because they've had, a, as, as those who don't know again about women's football, they're sort of skyrocketing through the leagues. has been quite well documented, hasn't it? And, and the, the amount of comp competitions they win. Um, Alex, you, you know quite a, quite a bit about Kent. Is that is that what you want to emulate to a degree? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We're, we find ourselves in a similar position whereby we're obviously lower down in that football period. Um, as you say, I think Kent won something like five consecutive titles in a row to be in the position they're in. So and and they won some cups as well, didn't they? Some, some yeah, domestic cups. Yeah, Every, everything along the way is always a bonus. Um, I think they're a good bunch of girls. So putting the football aside, but they're a good bunch and a good core in there. Like you say, the likes of of Beth Powell, who not only was in the championship with Mill, was was starting every week. So they have a great caliber of player in there. But you can see that they really went out and, and played for each other and, and put their necks on the line against us. Um, I think, as sort of Katie said, you know, we have we have a young side, so that's definitely something we can we can build towards. Um, but yeah, when I was in was in that game for large portions of it, just it was just fine margins, unfortunately. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Through this this kind of weird pre-season, not pre-season <laughs> section, how, um, how have obviously the, the girls been playing individually? Is there anyone between the two of you maybe that you've noticed to stand out more? I know you probably reluctant to pick out anyone too much because it's obviously the team unit's important. But, you know, last season you had Abby Dell and Millie Carter and a number of players who did very, very well. Has there been anyone who's been catching the eye? Um, maybe Kate? Um, I always hate that question. Um, I think, you know, we should talk... What, is it because there's no one? Well, um, <laughs> I think if you think um, Millie Carter, you know, every, every game you talk about Millie and I can't not talk about Larissa either because, you know, a goalkeeper's position is a very isolated role, you know, and it can be very damaging psychologically as well because you can't help but at the end of the game, if you concede a goal, you can't help but think it's you. You know, you're the last player ultimately. You've got Larissa that will come down to games knowing that ultimately she may not get minutes unless, unfortunately, Millie gets injured or depending on how the game goes, you know, so... But for me, what a great teammate that that is in the sense of, you know, you're coming down to game still, you're still turning up and she always supports Millie. And, um, you know, for Millie Carter, every, every game she at some point has a fantastic save, you know, and she is someone that will potentially stop you from conceding more goals, ultimately. Um and so I think for her, you know, she has had a fantastic season, I think. Um, and again, she's a young young player. Um, who else? I mean, I always say the goalkeepers because ultimately I do think it's the most important role. As much as some players might disagree with me, I think it is. I, I say it to my squad every Sunday that for it to get to my goalkeeper, it has to go past 10 other people that haven't ultimately done their job. So um, they always know that I've got my goalkeepers back at the end of the day. Um Alex, do you want to, you know, help me out a little bit here? Yeah, I can, I can bail you out of trouble if you want. Um, yeah, no, so, <laughs> you've got the obvious, the, the people that are turning up and putting in a shift every week. But I think there are players you've probably got to give a shout out to, like the, the Millie Connells and Amy Nash's side, who we have very much been experimenting and playing them. I think so far, Millie's played centre-back, right wing-back, centre-mid. Like she's playing all over the place and trying new things. So performances aside that attitude and that willingness to turn up and you know being told you're playing somewhere completely different today where you've probably never tried and never experienced 
and they just get in and get on with it. Similar to Amy Nash, obviously, who was at Bournemouth University for the majority of the season, or what was the season, um, who's now with us for the foreseeable. And she's come in and she's looked like she's been there since the start. So those two in particular, um, it was in reported that, you know, Abigdale, Millie Carter, like you say, um, you've got Molly getting in on the goal, Shannon getting in on the goal. So I just think, yeah, collectively, uh, they've all sort of come back and hit, hit the ground running. But yeah, definitely players that have turning up with the right attitudes more than the right sort of playing ability for me are the ones that have, have shown. Yeah, I think, you know, like we've made it very clear what we want um, is players to give us a headache. We want players to give us a headache when it comes to Wednesday night when we're releasing the squad of who's going to be in it. We want to have that headache of, you know, when retaining release comes up, who, who, who are we retaining and who are we releasing and what are our reasons why? You know, we, we need them to make it difficult for us so that we know the kind of personalities and characters that we've got within our squad and it will make it will challenge us and it will make us reflect as coaches and managers of, you know, what do we want from Millwall Lionesses for the following season that didn't work this season or hasn't gone the way we imagined it to go this season. So I think it's very hard when I reflect back now to kind of just mention certain individuals when at some point over the whole season everyone in that squad has done something that's made me and Alex proud um, so yeah it's quite hard really of course no it, it, it is always a bit of a tough ask to make you pick out a couple but um definitely some some standout ones there I know Millie Connell's obviously been at the club for a couple of now, a couple couple seasons now she's been one of the senior players really in the squad and she's definitely someone who catches the eye in terms of the flexibility obviously the beginning of last season, there was a, a big influx of, of new faces, many of which I, you know, will be staying on and building, you know, the relationships in the team. How have the the trialists obviously been running some trials with these games and, and bringing new people on, like you mentioned? How have they come in, and um, you know, how are they? How are you looking to freshen up the squad as it comes in, Katie? Um, so you know, we have we made it very clear uh, when we were returning to uh, the current squad that you know we were we were going to use this period as an opportunity to welcome trialists in uh, to be able to see them in a more uh, competitive environment not just within the training environment um which i think has been good you know a lot of the current squad have then obviously kind of stepped up slightly um and there's nothing wrong with a little bit of healthy competition for your position. You know, you're playing first team football. That's ultimately the environment that you're in. Um, and I think, you know, the, the current squad have stepped up and have, they've been welcoming to the trialist, which has been nice to see. Um, and it's been good to see the, the different uh, abilities and experiences that other players um, have had and could potentially bring to, to the squad next year. Um, I will, um, I will touch on the Billericay game, um, if that's okay. Um, I genuinely think from, from like, an, or I'll say outside, but from someone who's not involved in the management side of it or the plan side of it, I, I think that this has actually been a reasonably successful round of friendlies in the sense that, you know, we've, we've got some good wins, we've seen some good performances. Um, and with the Kent game in particular, um, you know, even in defeat, we learned something. The Billericay reserves game recently if we can be honest, didn't exactly go to plan. Um, however, 
I don't think um, there was anything there that was irreparable, if you, if you get what I mean. I, th- I think for large chunks of the game, we was in the game, especially in the opening 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I think that you can argue it might have been down to sort of a level of fitness or, or match sharpness, which we unfortunately didn't have um, due to what's obviously been happening with lockdown. You know, we, we might be expecting quite a lot from our squad so quickly after restrictions have been lifted. Uh, Katie, we was... We was quite close to getting a, a good scoreline, or uh, like I said at half time, it was only sort of two 0 to one. What it was, but how, how did you see the game, and where where exactly was it won and lost for you? For me, I think it was in the second half, um, when I think at that point we'd gone three 0 down. After uh, we conceded, I think it was in like two minutes of the second half. Um, for the first twenty five minutes, couldn't fault them. They were high pressing. Um, they were creating chances, you know, all right, we were 1-0 down at that point, but we still, our heads didn't go. Um, I think it was unfortunate that second goal came so close to the the halftime whistle. Um, but again, no one could have really done anything about that shot. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, and it was quite ironic and, and I will let you finish just, just, um, just on a point, I remember watching that game because I'm, I'm sort of like your unofficial stopwatch man, aren't I? Um, and I remember, lo- I remember looking at the stopwatch, and I and I sort of was half thinking with that attack, I'll, it was really bad time, and I was like, after this attack, it will blow. Obviously, not not scoring, but I was like, if this ball goes out for a throw, or it goes out for a corner or a goal kick, he'll blow up. Literally ten seconds later, we put it in the top corner and blow up for half time. So. Yeah, that, that's what you're saying. Sorry, sorry to cut in. I do apologise. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was unfortunate for that that goal um, to come at that point. And then obviously we discussed at half time how we were doing everything right. You know, we we spoke about at Kent Football United, we'd gave them a little bit too much respect on the ball. We stood off a little bit too much and we wasn't doing that on Sunday. We were challenging, we were pressing and it was going well and... I kind of went into the second half thinking we can either keep it 2-0 or, or try and go on the attack ourselves. Um, but I think conceding the third goal so early um, in that second half, that is what kind of changed the dynamics for me. Um, a bit like what I said at the start of this interview, you have to, your, your squad have to psychologically be able to do the formation that, that we want to play. It, it isn't just the fact that they know what their roles are and they play it technically. Um, it's more they have to buy into it ultimately. They have to have faith in it. And I think what didn't help us is that a lot of it was, in a, in a way, I think the squad may have thought that the formation didn't work. Now, I then I did change the formation and I've taken accountability for that in previous interviews um, because then we led... We went on to concede another, what, four goals. Um, so in a way, I'm kind of glad I did change that formation and we did concede the four goals because now the girls can understand that it was nothing to do with the formation in the first place. You know, that formation that we play, me and Alex believe in that formation within our squad for a reason. Um, and I'm glad that they did experience what they did because now they can understand that actually it wasn't necessarily the formation that failed them. Um, And it's sometimes just about how do we come together as a squad to stop what's not working for us? You know, whether it'll be a long ball over, a ball through the channel, um, 
whether or not when we're on the attack, are we going for that long ball every time that just doesn't work? What can we do as a squad? We need to read the game, be able to make those changes um, during a game. So, you know, I think it was it was a tough game to watch in the end. You, you never want to lose um, by that amount. But we learn, like I've said all the time, each fixture, we learn something new. Me and Alex learn something new as management. Players learn something new regarding their own individual performance and their performance within their units. Um, and that was what we wanted. We wanted to um, come away, even if we didn't get the result, but knew the girls put the shift in and the, we've had an opportunity to trial and error with ideas that we had. We've been able to do that. And that, that's ultimately what we want to do. Um, and, you know, like what we said, the first 25 minutes couldn't fault the girls. They did put a shift in. It did, cut, it did kind of go off um, in the second half. But again, I do think fitness played a, played a part in that. Um, and it's one of the things that we do need to work on within, a, within the squad is, is our fitness overall, really. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, like, you, you, it, it was a disappointing result, but you never, you never play a game and not learn anything. And I think that, as I said earlier on, when you say that, or when I said that, you can see it's a reasonably successful run of friendlies. It is because ultimately you want to get these things out of the way now, don't you? Like, for example, with, with the squad, as you say, you play the formation you think works. Um, whether it's right or wrong or whatever it is, you and Alex thinks that works. If somebody comes in and says that doesn't work and then you try something else and then it clearly doesn't work, you know you don't need to try that. And it's the best chance to to try it isn't it in these friendlies and and, and like and I'm, I remember speaking to someone recently and they said that with with Millwall it was always tricky like the men's team the first team that whenever they would play the non-league teams it was always a case of we're going into these games not wanting to lose because obviously as Alex was saying earlier on with the Hackney and the Upton Park games they were banana skins but with with our level and with our women's team as you say we're, we're still a relatively new team in the sense of what we've built over the last couple of years so yes result wise it's not great as you said but you've now learned from this haven't you 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 and Alex as a as a as a management team and and, and Greg as well goalkeeper wise you you've now learned that this doesn't work and we won't either we won't try this in the next game or we can adapt it slightly going forward isn't it yeah I think like what I've said it's not it's not even necessarily about what whether or not it worked I think even when you do win games, you still learn anyway. You learn what you're going to use. You know, we've won games, but it's still been a sloppy performance. You know, so I've still come away even when we've won games and thought, no, we can do a lot better. So I still learn as a manager and Alex will agree. You know, you still come away and you're like, no, we know that these individuals or these units can do a lot better than what they've just done, regardless of having a win. Now, in the game, that uh, the Billericay game, I think even regardless of the result, I think... I'll always go back to it. Your players need to buy into the buy into the formation, and I think the game was a prime example of me just trying to do reverse psychology. Of okay, I'll listen to my players and what they want, and it didn't work. So you know, I was very confident of saying at full time, I'll take accountability for changing the formation. However, this was my reason for doing it. And in a way, it worked for me doing it because now you can all understand that it wasn't the formation in the first place. You were losing 2-0, 3-0 at a push with that formation. 
So, you know, it does work. And there, there'll be games when it doesn't, don't get me wrong. There'll be games when that formation doesn't work for us. And that's when we then change it. But I don't necessarily think that I was right in changing it against Billericay because it didn't work for us changing the formation. That's definitely what these these games are for, you know, for finding what's working, especially going into the, the new season after such a long break. It'll be good to you know, test the team out. And Alex, I think we'll get your views next. Obviously, the next round of, of friendlies have been announced today. Obviously, we've got Aylesford this weekend. Um, big game against West Ham under-18s coming up as well. Hutton, who are obviously league rivals, and Watford ladies. What was the thinking, obviously, as, as the team, Alex, of some of those fixtures? What what you expected from them and, and what you're hoping to get out? Yeah, I think, you know, like you say, a mixture of, of fixtures in there. You've got Aylesford. We, we have played them last pre-season, I believe. They're a Tier 5 outfit, so, that, that, you know, they'll be well-drilled and they're a very physical side. You know, we're going to get from them. West Ham, you know, I think they train something like four or five times a week and they're sort of the under-18s of the WSL club. So I'd like to think that that would be a very good test against a very good football inside ability-wise. And you've got obviously Hutton. We're after revenge, if you like, after the league heartache when, we, you know, we lost 5-4. But yeah, I mean, and then Watford, we go into, we, we had them last year in the Cup too. So they're very four very sort of familiar sides to ourselves, but we think that we'll get tested in, in different areas and find out different things again about our players and, and sort of a bit of, a bit of drive in, in sort of wanting to beat a higher opposition or wanting to get sort of like I say revenge on, on that Hutton side but no definitely I think that's a, it's a good way to sort of wrap up the end of this season going into the an actual pre-season for, for next year Yeah definitely a, a, a mix of of games I think when you look at this round obviously like we mentioned played the two teams below um, in the first round this, this round there's Definitely some edge into it. Obviously, like you mentioned, the Hutton um, game, that was a fantastic league game and you could see the passion that the players had. So it'd be great to see if that pans out in, in friendly form as well. And similarly with the West Ham game, obviously with the Millwall-West Ham rivalry there. And it'll be hopefully a similar game to the London Bees friendly against the under-18s last season where, like you say, very technical side. So it'd be interesting to see how the girls get on against like you say, various opposition at similar and, and higher levels. And it'll be a, a strong test, I think, for this next round of, of games. I was just I was just going to say, I agree in the sense of, you know, we don't just look at, you know, what the players can do on, on the ball. I think playing these teams that we know are going to be quite tough, it's, you know, what are our players' characteristics going to be like on the pitch? You know, how are they going to change? Are they going to be able to play to that added, a little bit of added pressure? Um, so we're able to see a little bit of a different side to some players and, and how they adapt. And I, I just want to, I just wouldn't mind ending really. It, it's, it's been a really tough time for everyone, obviously being stuck indoors, then going back out and then back indoors and, um, you know, leagues being null and void and behind closed doors. But I have to say from, from someone who, from someone who liaises with external media and, and obviously looks at the social media, I'd really like to say thank you to the listeners who are who are listening um, and all the support that they've given us from afar through social media. Um, not necessarily on the official channels, but when you see some of our players put things up about playing for the team and some responses they've, they've been getting. Um, Alex, I know that you can see some of it as well because um, we've not revoked your access to the social media, um, <laughs> even though you're now in management. But... Um, but I just want to touch on first you, you Alex, because you obviously see it. But then, Kate, in your managerial position, how how do you think the support's been? Because 
because it, it really has been good. And, and like, um, and I believe it was Amy Nash said it in a, in a recent interview with Southern News, that people will put tweets out and they might think, oh, someone's just read it. But she really said it means a lot to the players during all what's going on. So just, just want your views on the support you've been getting from afar, really. Yeah, so obviously, with all due respect, our players aren't like the men's first team players with their blue ticks and their millions of followers. So I think that they do read each and every single comment that is made online. Um, you know, the fans were there in numbers and in support when we were allowed to have them in. And now that they're not, I just think that that message of support goes that little extra extra mile with our players. Um, I think, you know, listening to podcasts like yourselves at Acton who's supporting Kelly Webster in the Lions Food Hub, just little things like that even just gets behind us and gives us that sort of extra bit of motivation. But certainly for, for these young players coming to play for a club of this stature and getting support, yeah, it makes you into sort of more of a mature player despite some of their ages. They're only sort of 17, 18. They're probably more experienced in terms of their football awareness and, and their sort of their, their profiles than some more experienced 20, mid-20 year olds. Um, yeah, I think for me, I've always said you can't really fault the like the the listeners and the, the fans that we've got in the sense of following the game, especially when it's been such a stop-start season. And I think it's great for them to have the support that they've got um, on social media um, to our to our players. You know, when they're posting their tweets and and stuff like that. So for me, yeah, it's it's great to have them, and they feel part of part of the squad and part of the team and part of the journey that we're on. Definitely, Katie. It's great to it is great to see the support that the girls been getting. I think even through through this lockdown, where the season's been curtailed again, and that must be so frustrating for, for you as a management staff and, and the players as well. Like you say, it's two years in a row that it's happened. But hopefully we can slowly start to get fans back in the grounds, obviously looking at the beginning of next season. And hopefully the beginning of next season, we'll see a promotion push that is managed to uh, to actually get to the complete of a season. Well, um, I think that is all, all we've got time for. Our, our meeting did just cut out. We've had to all jump back on. We're uh, very professional here at Acton Lionesses. We've all jumped back on just to say goodbye. Well, so Alex and Katie, I think, thank you both for, for coming on, not once, but twice. And it's been great to, to catch up and see how the Lionesses are getting on and all the best for the next run of fixtures and for the beginning of the season. I'm sure we'll speak before the beginning of the next season. Thank you. Yep, cheers for having us. Thanks, boys. And Michael, as always, thank you to you too. Always uh, enjoy having you alongside me here. Yeah, um, not 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 many people enjoy me in their presence. So uh, it's nice that I found the one, Brian. Thank you. My virtual presence, I think, is enough for now, Michael. Um, we we still got to put the social distance in for now, I think. But and also there'll, there'll be social distancing with me and you in twenty years' time. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stay away from me. <laughs> when this podcast goes down in a, in, a, in, a, in flames, it won't be a social distance then. Well, uh, thank you to you too, listener, um, for tuning in. And we'll be back as soon as we can with another edition of Actor and Lionesses. Bye for now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.